Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 34th episode of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. We have a really interesting one to bring up today, and that's the five things you should remove from your resume right now. So we're going to talk about some concepts or elements of the resume that I believe are outdated or just in general suck. So we definitely want to make sure we're removing these things from the resume because we want to make sure that your resume is not getting thrown in the trash, so to speak, or getting passed up by applicant tracking systems. So we'll try to keep this one brief. I also like to remain relatively positive when it comes to these. So what I'll do is I'll offer some replacements on what to include instead of these things um, that many of you are falsely or uh, should not be including in your resume. So um, I'll offer some solutions. This should be very informational and get to the point. All right, guys, without further ado, here are the five things that you should remove from your resume right now. Okay, so I'll venture to say that about 40% of you have at least one of these things. Ah, no, I call it about 50%. 50% of you have at least one of these things within your resume. How do I know? That's because our company, Let's See Grandma, has graded literally thousands of resumes, and we've seen it all. We've seen great quality stuff all the way down to the stuff that would definitely make you cringe. So I'll kind of give you the breakdown on the five things that I found to... I would say personally, either be distracting or um, just not really add much value to the resume. All right, so here it is. Number one, list of references available upon request. If you have this in your resume, then this means that you are taking the lazy route because of course you have your list of references available upon request. Everyone should, every good job seeker should have that. This is assumed, especially if you say this, like it's, it's basically like saying, yeah, I have a, um, a tie and a coat ready to go just in case I get called into the interview. The other thing that you could do is actually include those list of references. Now, I think that's not as bad and that's because you're giving somebody the opportunity to easily look over these names, but I just don't think it's necessary. So my solution to the problem, if you really do want to get the point across that you do have a list of references, attach it in a separate document. And even if it doesn't ask for your list of references, I think it's always a good thing to include. Or heck guys, it's 2019 and beyond. We are living in the world of online. So a pro tip would be to hyperlink your LinkedIn URL to your resume and make it known that you have a list of recommendations on LinkedIn. Heck, I believe the recommendations feature on LinkedIn is the list of references of now and of the future. I think the list of references is slowly dying out and I think we are gravitating towards recommendations online. If you don't have any recommendations, don't worry. Now's the time to go get it. I'll post a YouTube video that our company did on how to ask for recommendations for LinkedIn. But I think that's the way we're going, and this is how you should go as well. Number two on list of things you should remove from your resume, your current address. All right, so this is a tricky one, and I know that's because over the past few decades, we have always included our residential address at the top of the resume. However, the trend is, and this is a trend that I foresee happening until the end of resumes, 
the residential address actually is not as necessary as it once was. And that's because back in the day when people were sending out their job offers, I'm sure they needed a way to contact you and let you know that you get the job. And that would be your residential address. However, with the vast majority of applications being online and letting you know that you got the interview is online, that's really not necessary anymore. Now, I, this is me in kind of recent times, I still have found certain times to include a residential address. And this is because, you know, maybe I wanted to legitimize somebody's living here in Austin or living, you know, somewhere. Um, I do think it has its merits, but for the most part, it's just really not that necessary to include an address. Here's the other thing about including your address. We live in a scary world online. We don't know whether the information we're putting out there is going to good people or bad people. And we need to definitely be cautious about certain pieces of information, uh, namely our address. So it would not be false to say that there are companies out there that will put up fake. Actually, there are people out there that will put up fake companies in order to collect job seeker information. So what they'll do is they'll start to gather your information in such ways. So maybe they'll grab your address. Um, they'll find really sneaky ways to get your social security information and your financial information, and they will rob you clean. So what I'm saying is, no, if you, if you put your, your address on your resume, you're not going to all of a sudden you know, lose all your money. But what I'm saying is just to be careful and that there are people out there that will steal your information kind of one at a time. Do be cautious when it comes to applying online. That being said, what to include instead of your residential address, I do still recommend including your city and state at the top of the resume next to your contact information. And that's because you do want to legitimize where you live currently. And that's because if you are, for instance, applying within uh, New York City and you live within New York City, I think this looks a lot better because it shows that you're going to be at the interview the next day. All right. Thing number three on what to omit from your resume right now. The objective statement. The objective statement. Get that crap out of there. I am so serious. It <laughs> most okay, even if it's not an objective and you call it an objective, it's just it's a turnoff. And that's because this is outdated. Um, this is something that people used to include 10 plus years ago, you know, all the time. And the idea of an objective statement is it shows what you want to get from a company or what you want to get from an employer. People really don't care. People don't care that you want to achieve a um, a sales manager position to utilize your skill set in, in people management. That really doesn't tell me a lot as an employer because of course you do. Otherwise, you would not be applying to the position in the first place. So what I recommend is getting as specific as possible and showcasing the value you have to offer as a professional within a summary statement at the top. A summary statement or um, a brand statement at the top, I think, is going to be a lot more effective because it does offer you, it does afford you the opportunity to be more targeted within your job search and gives you the chance to include specific keywords, accomplishments, um, whatever it may be, to make you a good match for the position. 
So in order to write a summary, it's gonna take a little bit of legwork and what I can do is submit one of our blogs at the bottom of the description here uh, to basically show you how to write a really kick butt summary here. I say but because I don't want the explicit rating on iTunes, so thank you, censoring. Thing number four on what to omit from your resume right now. Generic or irrelevant bullet points. Let that one sink in, I'll say it one more time. Generic or irrelevant bullet points. This is where I say, I would say that the majority of you guys have some work to do, actually. Um, I said at the beginning of this podcast that about 40% of you have some of these things. Uh, I, I'd say that's about true up to this point. I'd say, you know, but I would actually say that most of you, if you did take a good hard look at your resume, have some irrelevant things that you were including that should be taken out before submitting to certain companies. So what I mean by generic or irrelevant bullet points so generic would be like if you are just including, you know, basic job descriptions of things that you did uh, for certain positions. So, for instance, if you are an administrative assistant, something like that would be like filing and organizing paperwork. Duh, 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 duh. Of course you did that stuff. That's what every other administrative assistant should be doing. But what was the specific value you had to offer for the company? What was the volume you were dealing with? How fast-paced was the company? So what I recommend doing in order to take those generic bullet points and make them a little bit more achievement-oriented is you know, going back in time and seeing what were some of the specific things that you did for that company. What numbers can you insert in there to provide some context for the people that are reading my resume? How can I really set myself apart? You know, These are the questions you really need to be asking yourself if you're trying to make yourself stand out in your resume, if you are a software developer, gosh, I use software developer into every example. I'm sorry, guys, <laughs> if you're not a software developer. Um, but, you know, if you're in that position and you coded in JavaScript, don't just say that, you know, talk about some some specific projects that were able to actually offer value for the company, you know, whether that's saving it time, money or adding efficiency um, to certain processes, things like that. Irrelevant bullet points is sort of related. This is the concept of including certain things in your resume that a company may not necessarily care about or be as targeted. Now, people with 10, 15 plus years experience, these are the people that are at highest risk of including irrelevant stuff in their resume that's going to get the resume thrown in the trash. So, Definitely go through the job postings that you're applying for. Look at how you can get targeted and start to cut away those bullet points, guys. Seriously, it's a hard thing to do to cut away some of these things that you're very attached to. But when it comes to a resume, which is a superficial document that is never going to really encapsulate who you are as a professional, it's okay. It's okay to cut down your sales manager experience you had from 2005 to 2010 that had eight bullet points. It's okay to cut that down to four or five bullet points as long as those are the most relevant things you did for the positions you're applying for. Am I making sense? Good. So if you're not targeted in a resume, it is the number one way to get your resume thrown out or just not even noticed in the first place. 
So do yourselves a favor, see what you can cut because that's really going to help you out in your job search. All right. Thing number five on what to omit from your resume. And this is the last one. Okay. you ready. Super fancy designs. Keep it simple, guys. Don't don't get too crazy with your your formatting, your designs. I mean, definitely include some flair in there. Definitely make sure that your resume is clean. That's thing number one to pay attention to when it comes to design. But don't get too fancy because it is really hard to pull off a super well-designed resume that gets past applicant tracking systems. If you are applying to a creative position, so if you're applying to a creative director position, if you're applying to a UX, whatever it is, that's totally fine. In fact, it does make sense for you to include a resume that has a little bit of flash, a little bit of flair that showcases your personality. Yeah, let that color pop, totally fine. But for the most part, most of you out there will benefit from having a traditional resume Not saying boring, but I'm saying a traditional resume that doesn't have all these bells and whistles and things like that. In fact, if you are including these things, if you're downloading these resume templates from this this fancy website, it's probably not going to get you past a lot of applicant tracking systems. And that's because for the most part, when you are including visual elements, the ATS just doesn't scan those keywords as well. So having things like double column, triple column, crazy borderlines and and visual elements and things like that actually do inhibit the applicant tracking system's ability to pick up on keywords. And that's because for the most part, applicant tracking systems are fairly dumb. Like they just do not do a perfect job on finding the perfect candidate. So you need to do at this current moment in time. And this is this is 2019, guys. This is maybe you're listening to this podcast in the year 2025 and all of a sudden, you know, this has changed. But I do recommend just having a traditional single column format resume, unless you know that your resume is physically going to get in the hands of a recruiter or hiring decision maker and you can send them that PDF that has this fancy design. But for the most part, Keep it simple, guys. Focus on the content and the phrasing first and foremost. And your formatting, you just want to make sure that it's as easy to read as possible. So that's another big one that I see when I'm receiving a lot of these resumes every single day. And and that's going to help out a lot of you guys when you are trying to get past the ATS. All right, guys, that concludes our 34th episode on the five things to omit from your resume right now. So as I mentioned earlier, I will include some of those resources at the bottom of the description here. So blog post on how to write a standout summary, a YouTube video on how to ask for LinkedIn recommendations. That's a pretty funny one. Um, so I think these things will help steer you in the right direction on things to include within the resume because uh, I know this had kind of like an almost like this negative uh, connotation here. I like to keep things positive, but you do need to know the stuff that's just going to get your resume thrown out. So um, anyway, hope you found this useful and I really enjoyed our conversation and being able to, to articulate these things to you. And I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you next week. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. 
The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.